you are listening to the Moody Girl podcast with me, Emily Fazer. I'll be opening the minds of experts, enthusiasts, and storytellers, discovering their secrets on health and how to make the most out of life. Before we start the episode today, I wanted to ask all of you listeners a question. Did you know that a lot of people are living with lower than recommended magnesium levels? I didn't know this either and had never explored incorporating magnesium into my daily life until I started having skin issues. I now use Better You Magnesium Oil Body Spray when I get out of the shower in the morning and spray onto my feet before I go to bed. I found that when I had psoriasis and hormonal breakouts on my face or body, I would spray it on and at first it really stung. But this was a sign from my body that my cellular magnesium levels were low. The more I got the magnesium into my system daily, the less it stung. It made sense. If you're feeling like you could benefit from having magnesium in your life, I would strongly recommend looking into using Better You Magnesium Oil Body Spray. Link to purchase is in the bio. Now, let's get to the episode. This week, I'm speaking with Pippa Cousins, a registered osteopath and SERPA-trained chronic pain recovery coach. Pippa has a specialist interest in working with people experiencing chronic pain and stress illness. Having used the SERPA approach to recover herself from fibromyalgia, she and her colleagues at Osteopathy for All now combine this mind-body approach to help others manage and recover from chronic pain. If you are listening to the show and are finding the content helpful, please do give us a like, share or five-star review. The more of these we can get, the more likely the podcast will get suggested for new listeners to benefit from these episodes as well. Okay, let's get to it. So welcome back, everyone. I'm so happy to introduce my next guest, which is Pippa Cousins, a registered osteopath and SERPA-trained chronic pain recovery coach. Welcome, Pippa. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, well, it's been my absolute pleasure. Um, chronic pain hasn't really been something I've delved delved quite deeply into yet. Um, so it hasn't been something that I personally have dealt with, you know, like whether it's a severe back injury or something where you physically can't move. Um, yeah. And it was only when I was kind of researching a little bit into it where one of my friends kind of introduced me to SERPA and the work that, you know, you're all doing which is incredible but I started to think about how catastrophic it must be for everyone out there who is suffering with chronic pain um on a daily basis and they've got nowhere to turn they've tried you know extensive massage therapy and going to the doctors and x-rays and all of those things and it did make me make me think about how isolating that must feel um so this episode is for all of those people out there uh pippa is the lady to speak to as you've experienced it yourself i have Um, so yeah so tell us a little bit more um about your story with chronic pain and how you are here today telling your story oh thank you as i say thank you very much for having me here and I, yes, I myself, so I'm an osteopath and I've been an osteopath for 30 years. And, um, you know, I considered that I knew quite a lot about the body at that point. Um, And then probably in about 2013, 2014, I started um, having 
uh, interesting enough, it started with fatigue, with chronic fatigue. And then the pain came a little later in the year um, and it was just persistent and it was it wouldn't go away. And it was mostly in my low back and I'd had a previous back injury. So I thought it was a flare up of that. I'd had a disc and I thought it was that. And then and as I say, but it was accompanied by this tiredness and not really feeling great, you know, not feeling ill, but not feeling great. Um, and so that bimbled on. And eventually I think I went to see the doctor and they did some blood tests and there was nothing conclusive on the blood test. You know, I had my thyroid tested for the fatigue and then it wibbled on for another, I don't know how many months, uh, another year, maybe even I then went back and they tested my vitamin D and I had low vitamin D. And, and that was like, well, that doesn't really explain the pain. But so like you say, we, we did that. And then the vitamin D levels came up and the pain was still there. And then probably the following year, I went back and I saw the GP again. And actually at that point, they said, well, we'll give you an MRI scan. And they scanned me with the MRI and it showed I must have been in my I don't know, late 30s, early 40s at that point. And it said, you know, you've got degenerative disc disease all the way down your spine from your neck to your pelvis. And it's like, in a way, you would take that and you'd go, okay, and you know, you can't run, you mustn't do this, you mustn't do that, you've got to be careful. And so you go into that fear sort of bubble. Mm. Um, and then, it, but it didn't explain the tiredness and it didn't explain the aches that I got in my limbs and it didn't explain the jaw ache and it didn't explain the sore feet and the you know irritable bowel and the anxiety that had seemed to have come with all of this and so eventually the, that same GP actually referred me to the rheumatologist and, and then they came up with a diagnosis in 2017 of fibromyalgia mm -hmm. and it feels like a, a it feels like a sentence, if that makes sense. You feel like you've been handed this, although you've somebody's now said, oh, we know what it is, you still feel like you're stuck with something. Mm. And I think it is very, uh, um, I don't know quite what the word is, but like you say, there's you, there's a lot of, there's a lack of hope at that point that, you know, life's ever going to change. Mm. Anyway, luckily in the same year, 2017, I discovered SERPA and SERPA is the Stress Illness Recovery Practitioners Association. And um, it's an organization in the UK that trains um, healthcare practitioners um, in a, a completely different mind-body approach to uh, chronic pain recovery. And I went to their conference in 2017 and literally it was life-changing. Mm. So I have experienced that myself. And I also know that as a practitioner, I didn't know this. And then actually I then trained myself as a SERPA practitioner and we now help a huge number of people who are in a similar position. You don't have to have a diagnosis of fibromyalgia. It might be called chronic pain. Some people might have what they call functional neurological disorder, chronic regional pain syndrome. There's so many names for this sort of untestable thing, this untestable mm. pain, you know, fatigue. So, fibro, just for the end, um, because I mean, I didn't know before I kind of read mm -hmm. more about your story and for the audience, yep. can you define what fibromyalgia actually is? Yeah, I think it's it's a sort of an umbrella of symptoms, if that makes sense. And it's it is a little bit of a term for actually we've ruled everything else out and this is what we've got left. And so essentially it's it's characterized by chronic pain. So persistent pain, pain that has been there for more than three months. Um, it's um, accompanied by chronic fatigue, uh, brain fog. So mm -hmm. a sort of a cognitive uh, disruption. Uh, often um, insomnia, irritable bowel syndrome, but it's also when we when you start looking and asking people, suddenly you're like, oh yes, and I've got a you know a skin rash, um, and actually I've got jaw pain, and I get persistent headaches, 
and suddenly you can you can start to see that there's a whole collection of symptoms but fibromyalgia itself just tends to be characterized by this persistent pain um as i say uh, chronic fatigue brain fog um anxiety and as i say sometimes irritable bowel so mm, okay interesting and then sorry carry on um you know with the conference story so when you when you kind of first discovered serpa and this yeah. whole new world opened up for you it was it was one of those things. there's a there's a um there's a really funny thing in the sort of what we would term the sort of uh, mind body approach to pain recovery in that world there are some people who kind of read the book and get better the next day now that is more rare than than <laughs> common if that makes sense but it is i had one of those moments as i say the serpa conference in 2017 was called chronic pain the role of emotions and i'd gone to the conference with both my own patient hat on and with my you know my work hat on because i was like interested about this for my patients and it was amazing it was a uh, the 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 lecturers were medics doctors physios all from all across the world um particularly the states and here and they were talking about this thing that i had and they understood it and they knew what it was and they could explain it from a, a neurobiological perspective and more than that they knew how to fix it um and they got the evidence for that and it was just it was i was exhausted at the end of that day but i had a pain-free day the next day i mean wow. i literally didn't have any pain for the next day uh, to be fair it then it then came back but that's one of the characteristics really of things like fibromyalgia and these chronic pain syndromes is that the pain varies now some people have very 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 persistent pain and it is there all the time but quite often it will move site so sometimes i say it's always on my right side and my lower back and then it might move to the left side and it might vary in intensity and so actually some days it's absolutely excruciating you think but well, i don't know what i've done and but it's 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 hellish and then another day it might be slightly less, but there's no rhyme or reason apparently to that. You're not like, oh, I didn't do anything today, therefore I've got no pain. It's like sometimes on the quiet days, your pain is 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 worse. Mm -hmm. So after the conference, I thought, okay, I, I tried to, I read some of the books. I thought maybe I, with my head on, my, you know, my practitioner head on, I can sort this myself. And I actually, I couldn't quite, I needed a SERPA practitioner myself. So I went to see somebody and, and he, just started to point out the bits of the story if that makes sense that made sense he was he could look in with a slightly more objective view and go hang on a minute let's have a look at what we describe in practice is what's in your backpack what what are you carrying in your health story you know not not so what obviously happened at onset uh but also you know what ha perhaps was happening in the preceding six months what's happened in your both physical and emotional history all the way back to childhood really and one of the people who spoke actually at the conference was a lady called donna jackson nawazaka and she um she wrote a book called childhood disrupted and that is all about what we call aces adverse childhood experiences so people who have aces so have had disruptions in their childhood perhaps they had you know parents that didn't get on and a parent that left and then the the, re the, re the remaining parent may have been you know, depressed and not kind of emotionally available, which is not uncommon for a huge mm -hmm. number of us. If you've had three adverse childhood experiences or more, you are more likely to um, end up with chronic pain as an adult, 30% wow. more likely to. Wow. And also I know you you have an interest in sort of autoimmune things. It's, it's a similar situation. It's, you know, so it's the same, there's the same part of the building blocks to, you know, whether that trips somebody into developing an autoimmune condition as well as, as you know, as well as pain, so. 
Wow. I mean, that's so interesting. There's so many different parts of that that are interesting. And I think, you know, when you, I guess, if we relate it to your story, because I've watched yeah. like um, a few TED Talks on it and I found it absolutely fascinating. Um, but yeah, if we relate it to your story and, mm-hmm. okay, when you, when you went and found that surfer trainer and you were like, okay, I'm going to make this decision now, I'm going to actually invest in it and I believe in it. What was the process? You know, how did that look like for you? Was it a long process? You know, like, was it, you're shaking your head already. Was no, that, no, I'm was, quite shocked. Yeah, yeah no, no. So essentially I would say, I mean, I had six sessions. I saw him for six sessions that were an hour long. Mm. And part of that process is a filling in, which we do with our patients too, is, is a very large, long questionnaire. And it basically makes it makes you look at again all those parts of your story so again what was going on when your pain came on what um you know what what had happened before that have you had pain before had you had other um sort of psychophysiologic disorders before had you had sort of something like an irritable bowel before have you had you know so there are all sorts of questions in this questionnaire you know was there something going on in your childhood when this happened so there's that part of it and then really with that he then helped me to start unpicking that and look at you know, the points at which in my life, my nervous system had got overwhelmed. And suddenly it's like the penny drops and you're like, oh, hang on a minute. Actually, you know, I hadn't had anything massively terrible maybe happen to me in my life, but actually a, a, a history of significant enough events, perhaps on top of the fact that I consider myself to be a highly sensitive person. You know, I have a more sensitivity than perhaps others and about 10% of the population are like that. Um, and so it was really helpful. And I think there was a big point in the in the journey of recovery about being worth enough to get better. That was really huge for me and actually giving myself the time and the credit and the nurture. Some of it was about things to calm my nervous system. So um, we may not be aware that our nervous system is overwhelmed, but it might be that actually um, you know, meditation, mindfulness, uh, being in nature, all those things from a point of view is actually what does my nervous system right now being in the present moment you know actually we need to be now rather than worrying about the past or or, or worrying you know forward and catastrophizing about the future all those things so really with him i did six sessions probably over a period of maybe three months and actually then i felt like i got the toolkit i would got the the tools and the techniques for me to take on and then that doesn't mean that i wouldn't say i'm 100 pain free now sometimes i'll have a pain flare or i'll have a bad day and then but now i know to stop and go okay no i haven't done any damage i didn't lift anything heavy i didn't turn over in bed in a funny way what what happened mm. and i had a perfect example of this the other day my son currently is who's 21 is traveling in japan And he called me at eight in the evening, uh, which is odd because it was four o'clock in the morning there. And they'd been woken up by a earthquake alarm and they'd all it was a bit, you know, they'd all a bit wired and and, uh, he was fine. And there'd been an earthquake and he was fine. But and I'd been like, okay, that's fine. You know, I'm I'm okay. I'm a little think about, oh, maybe there'll be another one. And I did a little bit of that mummy thing. And then and then I went to bed. No pain, no trouble that day at all. I woke up in the middle of the night in excruciating pain. It felt like somebody would removed a rib, turned it round and stuck it back on again. And I would just like lay there and went, okay, that's my subconscious at night dealing with the fact that, oh my goodness, he's been in an earthquake. Is he okay? He's the other side of the world. I did take some painkillers because I needed to go back to sleep. And then it was still there a bit in the morning, but by 10 o'clock the next morning it had gone. Now, 
because I have the knowledge that it's not something to worry about and that pain can be completely created by the brain. That doesn't mean you're imagining it, but the brain creates pain. It meant that I wasn't worried about it. It's like, okay, I had a stressful thing happening yesterday. It's okay. And I did all those things to calm my system down. Wow. Wow. I mean, that is insane if you think about that that actually and my friend she's a physiotherapist physiotherapist and she was kind of as she was training she was saying to me like pain is actually you know something that the brain creates as well and I was like how is that possible like I just at the time I couldn't it was so baffling I couldn't get my mind around it I was just like surely not like okay whatever but like the more I'm reading about it and the more kind of talking to you now um, I mean, you know, that's quite an interesting concept as well. The fact that you had that and in your conscious mind, you were like, that's okay. You know, it's all good. No worries. Um, but your subconscious mind woke you up as in like, you are really worried about this actually. And there's, there's part of you that, you know, the mum hat has, you just said, which is going to confront you. Um, mm-hmm. and I feel like that as well. So any, any sort of health ailments that I've had in my life, whether it's, you know, I've, I've been on my own journey with premenstrual conditions with autoimmune conditions um and I feel like they flare up in a time which is trying your body is basically saying hello you're not listening to me you know you're suppressing some stuff here let it out otherwise I'm going to show up and I'm going to get more aggravated and (laughs) it seems as though there's quite a correlation between you know all of these and with pain as well Completely. And I, I I think of them as a spectrum, interestingly enough. I think, you know, often um, it, it, there's a wonderful there's a wonderful thing about pain that, or the meme thing that comes up that says, you know, if you don't listen to me when I whisper, you'll have to listen to me when I shout. And I think in our modern lifestyle, I think we are living in a thing where we are at a heightened, particularly obviously in the last few years, but I think we're living in a heightened level now. And I think that's why there's so much chronic pain and so many autoimmune conditions, because whereas we might have bumbled along and we've sat under that tipping point, we sat under the radar and we were okay. I think things like social media haven't helped. I think we're we're constantly being, um, our nervous systems are constantly being agitated. And interesting enough, actually, um, there's research to show um, that when when we are in that slight fight or flight state the whole time, we actually end up having a slightly inflammatory response as well. So it controls the inflammation. And the reason for that is if back in you know back in the day, if you were worried about you know running away from the tiger or being being eaten by the tiger or injured by the tiger, your body is preparing itself. So it's it's increasing the muscle tension. It's alerting your nervous system but it's also preparing the chemicals within your body if you do get injured so you need an inflammatory response to heal and so it produces an inflammatory response and so we've got a huge number of the population with kind of low grade inflammation going on alongside pain but also alongside the situation that occurs in chronic pain but also in so many of these other conditions how many people with something have got anxiety a bit of irritable bowel might not be able to quite control their temperature properly can't sleep um have skin rashes little bit of food intolerance that isn't actually an allergy we've got this whole pot of what we kind of call autonomic dysregulation so your autonomics is that automatic part of your nervous system that's controlling all those features and and some people's it just disturbs them and you then end up with 
you know, you, you, you know, perhaps your main thing is pain, but actually you sit and think, oh, you know, today I was fine. Yesterday I ate a sandwich and I was fine. And today it's like, maybe I'm gluten intolerant. Do you, or, um, you know, sometimes you sleep and sometimes you don't sleep. And that crushing fatigue of like, I've got nothing in the tank. Mm. And and to me, that a lot of that comes back to this nervous system overwhelm. And those symptoms are all absolutely real. And the pain is absolutely real but it doesn't necessarily relate to tissue damage. That's the most important thing. So you may have done it, perhaps you did it when you broke an arm, but after three months, essentially, when an arm heals, the bones have healed, you shouldn't have any pain anymore. You might have a bit of weakness and stiffness for a while until you get going. But then after sort of three to six months, it should be fine. But you, we have people who come in who've got injuries and they said, oh, well, I, I fell and twisted my knee 30 years ago. It's like there's the mechanism for that then changes. So in that moment, you'll have, you know, inflammation, tissue, healing, swelling, bruising, all of that stuff with a critical injury. But actually, that's all gone away within three months. And it's then a glitch in the nervous system. The nervous system is starting to perceive danger in almost any scenario. So people say, oh, you know, when it's a cold day and my pain's really bad, it's like your, your body's sensing cold and seeing it as danger it might be that people you know certain people trigger you you know you're like you you know you're fine oh, i'm fine until i go to my mother-in-law's house mm. you know actually then i have a really painful day and the opposite side of that too is often people who are in pain find it so hard to go out and do you know it's so difficult to go out and socialize you you're in pain you're tired you don't want to do that you, you don't have the energy and actually then they go up oh, but i did go out on sunday and you know i had a really good day and it's because actually your nervous system's distracted. And a little bit back to what you were saying before about that subconscious kicking in, the, the subconscious is running at something like 70 million bits a second. I mean, it runs really fast where the conscious is much slower. And it also processes a lot at night. So when we're asleep, that's why it'll wake us with pain often in the second part of the night. But it is that sometimes we've got to bring these things into the consciousness. That's a lot of what I do. It's like noticing, oh, hang on a minute. You said that it always happens with this or it always happens with that. And, and I think those are the things where we can start to go, oh, OK, hang on a minute. That's not dangerous. Mm. You know, and that's noticing those things is one of the key tools in recovery. It's like, what is triggering my nervous system? What can I do about that? Mm. Do you think because I've been kind of exploring this idea of unlearning at the moment? So, you know, we go through life as a child and we're born as this pure being, you know, no kind of qualms, no stresses, no worries. We're we're OK. We're we're whole. We're perfect. Yeah. Um, and then we go through life. And as you say, and this is what I imagine the backpack comes on. Yeah. And, you know, we have to conform in terms of, you know, you don't do that. You have to, you know, you, you can't put your pants on your head or do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's yeah. not socially acceptable. Um, you've got to be, you've got to sit down in that um, teacher's classroom and you can't talk while the teacher is talking and you need to put your hand up whilst before you go to the toilet. And then, you know, all of these different things that society loads into our backpack of, shame um and things that we can and can't do strips yeah. away from the purity of who we once were um and that's the kind of process that I'm working for at the moment and I was doing a bit of subconscious work this morning before kind of jumping on this and so powerful when you actually give yourself the time the space to explore those areas to do visualizations to look at areas in your life that may have been why you've got this 
glitch in the nervous system later down the line and and why these traumas are stuck in there um so i mean that's also leads me to my next question um what is your kind of belief on you know trauma stress um and and how you know are do you think people are suppressing these things do you think people are now becoming more understanding about how to get release these things what's the best way of releasing any any type of trauma or stress i think it's i think that all, all of the above i think it's so true um there's quite a lot of research to show that actually again that like you say that very situation perhaps when you were young and in school and you couldn't express yourself and you needed to move a bit and you were very quashed and you would you know you tried to be a good girl you know and you didn't you know you didn't want to be exuberant because that was you know not so again not socially acceptable all of that is incredibly important because what then happens is that leads on often to changes in personality type in the sense that people then can become a people pleaser. For instance, um, they may become a little bit OCD. Um, they, you know, their perfectionism comes in, all those things. And essentially, what are we doing in that state? We're putting ourselves on high alert. We're going into meerkat mode. And essentially, if we're running childhood like that, then by the time we hit adult, we're exhausted. Mm. Um, but it's incredibly important. And actually, we don't have time today to um, get on my soapbox about changing the education system to change the health service. But that's a whole thing for another day. But yeah. no, you're so right. And, and and I think there, I think what's really interesting, when you're in this world, you suddenly have a huge awareness of how important trauma and stress is. And yet sort of almost just outside the bubble, people are not aware of that and they're pushing themselves and we're pushing our kids too hard and I mean the pandemic was a completely you know thing with that I mean it was an enormously um traumatic event globally and actually when we have community and group trauma that's really difficult because um the there's nobody being the grounding people if that makes sense you know there's nobody being the oh you're having a you're having a traumatic experience i'm okay it was like everybody was sort of kind of in it and then obviously we were being given messages of, of for the for the reasons that was to to try and keep the population safe but we were being given messages of fear you know we'd like oh, don't do this don't do that don't do that other don't do that and then and then suddenly of course then you get these different messages so all of that definitely and i mean i wrote an article back in 2020, interesting enough, saying that I felt that there would be a chronic pain um, sort of epidemic off the back of the pandemic. And funny enough, in, in one of the osteopathic forums the other day, people were saying, are you getting people in with much more persistent pain and pain in different sites? It's like, yeah, yeah, we are. Mm -hmm. So I think that's definitely, definitely. And, I, um, and the trauma work, interesting enough, that's another area. I'm just finishing a, a qualification in, called embodied processing, which is about processing trauma from the body up rather than from the, it involves some sort of spoken therapy but it's more about that feeling and learning to feel our feelings and learning to actually complete the cycle of stress because what often happens is we get stuck we get stuck in that moment and I think that it's so important and I funnily enough in my own story I um I I'm an adopted child. Now I was adopted into a beautiful family. I've been very well cared for. I've been very well looked after. However, my nervous system arrived in this world in a stressed environment. Didn't didn't quite know where it was at for the first sort of however many months. Ended up with different sets of carers and that. Nobody did anything wrong. However, 
you're then left with that you know on alert you know i must be a good girl otherwise you know i you know i might i, I might get you know sort of rejected again and that's huge and i consider that and there's research just to back that up that that's important in my story and i mean it doesn't have to go that far back you know it could be as i say you you know, you have something, in, particularly in childhood, it's important, though, because if you have something that's not regulated by the adults around you, then actually that's a precursor for chronic pain, as are things like people pleasing, perfectionism, those sorts of personality striving. The pe people with those sort of personality types are more likely to experience chronic pain than those without. Mm. And that's, yeah, that's so interesting. I was speaking to another guest on uh, one of my shows, and I, I think I just flippantly said... Um, you know, I haven't had many traumas in my life. It's been, you know, fine, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, okay, let's just park it there. <laughs> and <laughs> and and that has made me completely spun, you know, my perception of trauma on its head because, you know, and he was explaining as well that you can have somebody and he was giving a stat about this, this, this child who had seen his whole family, you know, brutally injured and fatally injured in Chicago. Um, and then there was a girl living down in a nice side of Chicago and she had so much external pressure from her family to perform all the time. And actually, when scientists did the study, there was actually the same amount of trauma for both mm -hmm. of those children. But, you know, on the surface, people may be like, oh, you can't, you know, that's not a trauma. You can't call yeah. that a trauma. What are you moaning about? Stop being so woke, you know. And yeah. um, and I think that's also something to get across to the audience as well, that everyone experiences them differently. And like you, I'm so sensitive. I feel things so strongly. Um, and so I can have a crash, you know, a real crash. If I've been in an energy which isn't, feeling very if that I'm I'm consuming that energy which can be quite negative or quite toxic I'll take that home with me and almost need to like get it out some way whether that's having a nap whether that's doing some meditation whether it's just going for a walk in nature um and I think that's also we are so individual as human beings and we can't say you know I can't look at your story or you know my partner's story or my sister's story and say we're going to be the same and and i think that's where this whole one size fits all approach is so outdated um yeah. you know and and going to the gp and you know there's so many things that gp has been an amazing for but time and time again being prescribed the same things um for an, so many different people um is where that's where I was, you know, getting interested in the work that you're doing because you're looking at the whole person, looking at the backstory of the pain rather than just masking it with some painkillers. I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about Cytoplan, a unique science-based supplement company with many years of experience in nutritional science and whose emphasis is on quality of product. My medical herbalist swears by them as they don't use any unnecessary bulking agents. Before I found out about Cytoplan, I was taking up to eight supplements a day, all with bulking agents in them. It was such a relief to find out Cytoplan products are extremely pure. I now use them daily and I would recommend them to anyone looking for quality vitamins and supplements. They have a great range for many different health benefits. So if you'd like to find out more, Please follow the link in the bio of this episode and check out Cytoplan. You won't regret it. You're so right. And I think also the, the thing about trauma, and I'm, I'm sure you're aware of Dr. Gabor Mate, mm. but he... Um, 
the trauma, I mean, that's not his definition, but you know, the definition with regards to trauma is actually it's not about the incident that happened. It's not about the the parameters of that, what however big or small that is, it's about the overwhelm that it causes within somebody's nervous system. So there can be people who can have enormously tragic things happen to them. And actually their resilience within their nervous system is able to cope with that. And then there can be other people and it can be, you know, seemingly incredibly minor and it really stays with them. And it really, really over, over, you know, overstimulates and puts their nervous system into overwhelm. Mm. And then, so the, the importance of that is, part of the process with what we do is to recognize that see as i say what has gone into the backpack see what we can take out because there are some things that you know perhaps if you're you are you know caring for an elderly relative and actually your you know your partner's lost their job and you know you've got current stressors that you can't kind of automatically go oh i'm just going to ignore those and change them that's not what we're saying we're saying okay in that situation we've got to look at how we manage your nervous system in relation to those so there's lots of techniques that we can do with that and then there's the the bits and bobs of like actually i'm not going to worry about you know baking for the wi on friday or i'm not going to worry about you know uh, you know saying i yeah oh yes yes i'll walk your dog every friday if that's not something that's within your capacity at that time um and i think that's that's really important and as I say, with the chronic pain, one of the things that's really important to do is for whatever reason, people's nervous systems get into these states. There is certainly for pain, the pain reprocessing therapy, which we can then start to retrain the nervous system out of that state. And the uh, Boulder back pain study um, in 21-22 showed that actually on functional MRI scans of the brain, what before people had the pain reprocessing therapy to afterwards, actually their brains changed mm -hmm. so that the brain is neuroplastic the brain can learn to be in a different way we can retrain it it will build new neural pathways until the day that we die so we can there's it's never too late sometimes people's pain gets very entrenched there's a lot about belief as we mentioned a little bit earlier you know if you don't believe not because it's a religion, but if you don't believe that this is the science of this and you don't believe that that's the situation for you, it is harder for that to, to make a change. There's, there is a lot of evidence, but we always have to meet people exactly where they're at. And, and the beauty of, uh, uh, for us is having time with people. You know, we'll spend a, an hour with a patient the first time we see them, whereas, you know, the GP's got seven and a half minutes if you're lucky. Mm. And and I and I think that's in, enormous. And quite often we'll go through that, we'll take all this history and we'll ask all these questions. And we'll be about 40 minutes in and somebody will go, no, although they've been saying, I haven't had, no, I haven't really had any trauma. And then you go, I was a wonderful, wonderful lady, actually, and she had hip pain and it had come on quite suddenly and it was quite excruciating and she was really lame with it. And she was in her 70s, I think. And she came and she said, um, oh, you know, no. And I said, and it, it just felt like it had just completely stopped moving. That was sort of how it felt to the tissues. And and when I said to her, you know, anything traumatic happened? No, 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 no. Are you sure? Because it came on very suddenly and, and, and she'd been to the doctor and she'd been told she got um, osteoarthritis and that she needed a new hip and which was, you know, that fine. Then in certain cases, that's definitely the truth, but you don't have to have pain with arthritis. So anyway, she'd done this and we were going on and I treating. I said, it feels very stuck, like you're holding it. Are you sure there's no, 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 nothing at all. <laughs> and, then, and then about 40 minutes in, she went, Actually, my daughter was in hospital for six months last year. She nearly died. I'm like, okay, that, that'll be it. <laughs> but it was when her daughter had come, I think it was her daughter, it was when her daughter had come out of hospital 
that her hip had started hurting all the time her daughter was in hospital she was managing she was doing those things mm. and then she got to the point where her daughter um you know had come out of hospital and it's almost like she could relax a little bit she was a bit off duty and the nervous system went whoa you know and yeah. she had yeah I mean, in the end, actually, she did She did need to have a hip, um, a new hip. But actually, that she walked out of the practice completely differently to how she'd walked in. Wow. And, it, and it's bonkers. And it's, and it's, and it's like magic, it's, but it's, re- it's repeatable magic. So it's amazing. And mm. it's, but it's sometimes just that penny dropping, you know. Absolutely. And I think that's also, if I think about my own or, I guess, the audience um, who might relate to that in terms of like you know when you're working really really hard at work and you're going hard 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 and you're just like yes I just need to make it through to the holiday I've got the holiday countdown is on 30 days one day goes and then you get there you get there you're so excited all of a sudden stream of snot coming out the nose absolutely knackered like you don't know where you've been because nobody else around you has the flu and you're lying on the beach with you know tissue up your nose so it's like it's and I totally think that's true. It's it's almost like your your body's just like ah oh, okay finally I can relax, um, yeah. and, and it, the adrenaline drops and all the chemical changes within the body, and really what we ought to be doing is building in to uh, into our daily lives that point at which we are not at that point of overwhelm. But what what is society like in this, particularly in the UK? You know, we're really driven. I mean, and even again, back to my my soapbox with the children, you know, if you have a day off sick, then you're going to, you know, you're, you're, it'll affect your GCSE results. It's like, they're five. Should we, if they need a day at home, should we let them have a day at home? You know, and it's then we're back again to that not listening, you know, not being able to listen, not being able to hear what it is that we need, you know. Mm. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I did Montessori teaching for a while. Um, and so I'm really kind of big on following the child's interest and, and, you know, in the future, if I have children, that would definitely be the way that I would like to, you know, set the nursery up, have Montessori, you know, favorable environment and all of these things and, and learning through experience. Um, and it's, I guess that element of dictatorship that we have installed, installed on us, if you are, you know, going to school, even if you're going to nursery, it's like there's rules at nursery, which are different from home. Um, and some of these children are starting at nursery from like what one, you know, so from okay. the age of one, the, they're instilled that you need to, you know, have these certain things that you do. And, and yeah, I'm, I a hundred percent could speak about it all day as well, because I feel like that's obviously, you know, Montessori was a big believer and anyone listening who's not familiar with Montessori, um, she was like the first Italian woman doctor back in the day. Um, and she came up with this concept that, you know, if you follow the the lead of the child rather than dictating and putting instilling your values onto them, that, that they just become a mini you and they're not actually becoming a, a version of themselves, a growth grown version of themselves um then beautiful things can happen and that's when we get pioneers that's where we get new ideas um because people have been given the space to explore and become creative so yeah I could stand on a soapbox with you (laughs) yeah and and well I mean I I uh much as I it does contribute somewhat to the beginning of my fatigue um my son when he was 12 um we he ended up coming out of school and I homeschooled him and um whilst that was over overwhelming it was entirely the right thing to do um and it wasn't it was the trigger rather than the cause if that makes sense for the beginning of my sort of fatigue and things but it was um 
yeah, it was a, it's huge, and it's meant that he's developed into a you know very very sort of well rounded human being. And and as I say, we could talk about this all day, but I think we maybe we'll have to do another one. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, so one thing I wanted to kind of go back to actually, I wrote a little note here is you know obviously yeah, you mentioned you you were adopted, um, you, you had a fantastic family, everything was well in that respect, um. But obviously that's a huge thing as a small child or baby to go through. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've always wondered about, you know, I guess the mother who is, you know, growing a child in her womb, if she's stressed, um, if she's having trauma whilst birthing that child or Mm -hmm. growing that child, are there scientific studies to show that it affects the child after they come out? Like how... How is that? Because I'm always so like cautious about the environment where I eventually want to be pregnant in, you know? Mm. I think, I think so. I don't, I don't, there's, I would say there's not enough evidence, interestingly enough. Um, I think both for the in, um, sort of the in utero period and for the birthing experience, if that makes sense, but there's more and more coming, more and more coming, which is, which indicates that, yeah, I mean, essentially you're growing in a sort of primordial soup. And if that has stress hormones in it, then essentially that's going to affect the way that things, um, uh, you know, pr- uh, pr- you know, uh, uh, are demonstrated and what happens later. There's a very interesting, um, podcast between Dr. Rangan Chatterjee and Dr. Bruce Lipton talking about expression of genetics depending on the sort of the the medium in which we're grown in and saying that even adopted children will uh, experience the same um, uh, sort of uh, illnesses and diseases that their adoptive family will because of the stressful environment that they're in. And again, uh, Dr. Gabal Mate talks about this, um, you know, actually it is that it's that environment that you know that that of of family so if our parents are stressed and the children are stressed and then actually that has an effect as i say ongoing into into our adult into our adult lives i'd say the 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 evidence is is around there's not a huge amount of it but i think it's about i really i suppose about what i would really wish is that people I really wish that our society was slightly different and that people were allowed to be themselves and allowed to express themselves with regards to pain and that was sort of authenticity of being you. And I think that was, as I say, in my recovery journey, it was that was when I learned, interesting enough, that I was enough and that I didn't have to be good enough and I didn't have to strive the whole time to be something I wasn't. I wouldn't say I've got that licked 100%. I think I'm still, you know, that my people pleasers in there. You know, I wrote a blog that said why I had to give up perfectionism to recover from fibromyalgia because it is that push, that internal push that is so important. But I think, I really think it's important for people to have hope. I think for people in pain, particularly, um, it's, there's so little hope um, often when you get the diagnosis, whether that's fibromyalgia or you end up without a diagnosis, you know, very much like, oh, well, we can't find anything wrong on your test. So go away sort of thing. You've got to live with it. And there's an element of that within the the, you know, the health service are offering um, group sessions for um, chronic pain management. And that, you know, it's it's good in one way. But actually, if you if you just teach people to manage it then actually they don't have any hope of recovery. So then there's still not that sense of being able to change that nervous system. There's that sort of sense of doom within the nervous system. So that's one thing that I think is really important about 
this work is actually if you've got chronic pain and you don't have anything else going on that has indicated a problem, if that makes sense, on a blood test or a scan, then actually there is hope for recovery. Now, the trouble we have a little bit is that actually you can have a scan like I did and it can tell you that you've got degenerative disc disease. And so therefore, if that's the last piece of information you receive, that's the bit you believe. And it's given to you by you know, a person in a white coat and therefore the doctor said that I've got this. And actually, sometimes that's true and sometimes it's not. But in a population of uh, 46-year-olds with no pain, if you scan them, 71% of them will have bulging discs, mm. but they haven't got any pain. So the trouble is, is if you've got pain and you go and have a scan, there's a good job, there's a good chance you're going to find something. Mm. So then you then pin it on that and it's pinned on that physicality. And then the belief is that that's what I'm stuck with and therefore I'm not going to get better and nobody's offering me anything. Mm. And so that's, you know, that, that raising awareness of, hang on a minute, have you got pain that that moves? Have you got pain that varies? Have you had a previous sort of stressful incident at the time that the pain came on? Um, you know, does 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 your pain go away when you have a nice day? Um, you know, are there other added factors, sleep issues, anxiety, you know, irritable bowel, irritable bladder, skin issues? If we start to build that picture, then usually there's a way that we can we can help. And it's about, I think it's probably if, if you took um, sort of non-specific low back pain. It's somewhere between eighty and ninety percent could be could be helped by this mind body approach, mm. you know. And yet we're probably I don't know how many we're getting to, but it's 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 a it's a it's a minuscule amount of those. Wow. So. Wow. Well, honestly, I'm so glad that you're you know you've been on here today because it's mind blowing, and I really hope that anyone listening um you know has been introduced to the wonderful work that you do, um and also Serpa training in specifically, um and something that came to mind that I wanted to ask is, I know you said a big part of it is about belief, um and have you ever got anyone a patient come through your doors who's very much set on what they believe I know what I believe I've done my research this is what I've got I'm tarnished with it for the rest of my life nothing you can do to help so mm -hmm. what do you do when you get that sort of person come in who is so set on their beliefs um that this mind body connection is all you know woo woo um how do you how do you deal with that have you you know do they heal still or is it do you, you can't help them uh that it's a that's a really good question and again it's quite individual and i think that's the beauty of being able to treat everybody as an individual i had a lovely lady i used to treat and she had a terrible of incident pain coming on after a, a traumatic incident and um, but she was very in the biomedical model. It was very much this and that. And she'd had a variety of symptoms. And I think it took four years of me seeing her with my osteopath hat on, you know, treating her physically, relaxing her, you know, her body and all that sort of, you know, having an influence on calming her nervous system that would make her feel better. Um, I think it was four years before she then came back and says, I think this might be stress related. <laughs> like, oh, do you know, I think you might be right. Um, and then, and then, so some people some people some people get really cross with you actually they don't want to hear um and I, that's fine and we we're lucky as physical therapists with the added part of the serpa um that we can then treat the body physically release tension and very often with this there's an end there's a sense of dialed up tension it's like there's all the muscles are tighter than they should be it's like they're it's like they're running but they're not moving if that makes sense so there's a sense of that so we can work on sort of from the physical to the 
neurological side of things but if you can get it from the neurological side of it and the you know the um from the inside out as well then you're going to be much more effective um it's yeah so it's it really it truly truly varies so i think if, if somebody's really if we i i preach a lot i feel like i preach you know i preach you know pain science to a lot of people and i have to be careful because i you know i'm passionate about helping people some people are definitely not ready to hear it some people are will grasp the concept of it and then some people will get it and it's like as i say it's like it's like the world opens up and it's like oh my god we had a lady in a little while ago and i think she'd been told 25 years before that she'd got severe back pain she'd ended up in hospital and they'd said it could have been corduroquinus syndrome now corduroquinus syndrome is a compression of the nerves to the to the legs low back and pelvis and it is serious um you know in that in that moment and it can affect the bowel and the bladder habit permanently if you don't get it fixed and anyway, she'd gone into things. She didn't have that. She probably had a muscle spasm in her back. I don't know because I didn't see her then. But 25 years later, she was still in pain in her back. And she came to see me and she said, well, and I said, you know, one of the questions we always ask is what do you worry that it is? Well, I worry this is a quadriquinus syndrome. And she took this card out of her purse that she'd been given in the hospital 25 years ago so, so that she could check the symptoms if she needed to go back. And I said, I said, I said, with, with looking at you, I said, you, you don't have that. I said, I've been in practice for 20 something years, nearly 30 years. I said, I've never seen one. Um, so I think probably it isn't that. I think probably the shock of that and the worry and the anxiety surrounding that has kept you in this space. And I think we treated her very gently physically. We gave her that information. She only came back once because she'd got no pain. So 25 years of holding on to something and her nervous system being excruciating, thinking every time she breathed, every time she moved, every time she sat down, stood up, did anything, she was going to get this quadriquinus syndrome. Wow. And so it's that, it, it's, yeah, but it really varies. It really, really varies. So I think that it's, so would you always suggest, say if somebody's listening, they are in pain, they've been and seen you know, a couple of doctors and they've been maybe diagnosed with something. Would you always suggest getting third fourth fifth opinions just to kind of look at other options yeah i think i think we always have to be really careful too because essentially whilst 80 80 85 percent of people are going to fall into this mind body bracket in some way shape or form there are going to be the odd ones that are not there but very often by the time they get to us they've had all those tests and they've had everything else ruled out or they've had unfortunately as i say ruled in stuff that isn't actually important and there's a lot of you know conditions that are named just because fibromyalgia is an absolute key example what does fibromyalgia mean it means kind of fibrous muscles mm. you know what 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 is that fibrous muscles well, why it doesn't answer the why but you do always we always say to people if you are concerned about something particularly if you are feeling Extre extremely unwell which of course unfortunately these conditions can make you feel unwell but if you've got you know sort of um you know night sweats or you're losing masses of weight or putting masses of weight on that sort of thing that can be something that we need to you know consider but if you've had a lot of tests and you've not got anything any results for those that's kind of nothing conclusive then very often that would be a good time to look out for a, for a SERPA practitioner to have just a consultation. Many, many of my colleagues and I do a free, um, you know, people do free discovery calls so that actually they can discuss that with you and have a, you know, have a sort of chat and see whether you fall into that category. Mm -hmm. um, not all SERPA practitioners are physical therapists. Um, they might be psychotherapists as well. So there's a, you know, you don't have to have the hands on. We actually combine it in practice that works really well so we can scoop up everybody across the across the board but yeah i mean i think it's 
you can you can explore it at the same time as your medical diagnosis too but i think it's you know suddenly when your your eyes are open to uh, like oh hang on a minute this might be related to something else then it then it you've suddenly got a whole nother world to look at Mm-hmm. And for anyone out there who wants to find, um, you know, a Serpa therapist or, um, and this is international as well, we have lots of different listeners uh, from all over the world. How, yeah, do yeah. They, how do they find, is there a directory they can look at? Yeah, no, so Serpa have a website, which is www.serpa.org. And essentially they have practitioners mostly in the UK, some in the US, I think some in Spain, um, maybe Australia. So they have a directory of practitioners. They also on their website have a fantastic number of success stories. There's a huge number of success stories from people with all sorts of different kind of persistent pain and chronic fatigue um, situations. So that's a really nice place to go and have a look anyway. If you're in the States, particularly, there's an organization called um, the Psychophysiologic Disorder um, Association, the PPDA, and they are almost like a sister organization to SERPA, but in the States, and they're training, again, practitioners and doctors out there in this mind-body approach. Um, For online resources, there's, you know, the Curable app is uh, one that particularly springs to mind that actually is a program online that takes you through all this information all of it being based on the same um, mind-body approach that was brought to the world by Dr. Sarno in the um, in the 80s, I think. Um, and I mean, we ourselves actually have a Change Your Pain toolkit. So again, it's another online resource as well. But SERPA, the SERPA website is a really great place to either find a practitioner, but also find out more about it and also find, um, you know, you know their, their success stories. Amazing. Um, and so we're rounding up to the end of the conversation now, and I just wanted to close with any sort of last words you had for the audience in terms of anyone out there who's listening and they've been experiencing chronic pain for a really long time. And this might be a light bulb moment for them. This could be transformative in moving forward in their life. Um, so, yeah, any any words of encouragement or hope that you have for those people listening? Well, definitely. I mean, I think I think one of the reasons I love talking about it is that I've lived the journey so I I really understand and I I understand that you know really difficult place where it's like nobody's hearing you there seems to be no hope um and and I think what I hope that this will do is bring that awareness and as I say if people want to get in touch with me or with Serpa then that's really great to have that and I also think it's so in 2017 I couldn't walk my dogs around the block because my back was so painful I had to pay somebody to walk my dogs. I was just managing to hold my job down. I was, um, as I say, home educating. I was a single parent, single income household. You know, it was like, I wasn't sure I was ever gonna get off the sofa again. And last year I climbed Ben Nevis, Scarfell Pike and Snowdon, the three highest peaks in the UK. Not in 24 hours, I needless to say over a week, but um, it, I never thought, I never thought I'd get there. And I think, that is what this approach has done for me. It's like I've got my life back. And I therefore, whatever your beliefs, even if you've got an inkling that you might be able to have an interest with this, because the beauty of this is nobody is going to diss you. Nobody in this world is going to say, I don't believe you. They're going to say, we get it. We understand it. We know what's going on. We can give you individualized tools to help you to help yourself to sort this out. Fantastic. Wow. I mean, 
so, so glad that you've been on the show today, Pippa. It's been fantastic hearing more about your journey um, and you're so knowledgeable and passionate, which I think comes across so well. Um, so thank you from myself and the Moody Girl audience. I'm sure we will help a lot of people with this conversation today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a lovely day. Is it sunny where you are? A little crowd cloudy at the moment, but it's kind of quite good for chores. So yeah, perfect. <laughs> Um, well, lovely to chat with you. Thank you so much for your time and take care. You too. Bye. Wow. I absolutely love today's discussion with Pippa. I've been delving much more into blocked traumas and the effect they can have on our bodies and health when not properly released. The mind-body connection, in my opinion, is the key to healing ourselves. If you're experiencing chronic pain, think about where it's stored. Were you going through anything particularly traumatic before the pain showed up? I hope hearing Pippa's story and extensive knowledge will help you to feel less alone on your journey with chronic pain. There are options to alleviate the symptoms, and maybe for you, this could be seeing a SERPA-trained practitioner. You can find out more on Pippa's work. Instagram? at Osteopathy for All, at change.your.pain, Facebook, if you search Osteopathy for All, or Change Your Pain. And the websites are www.osteopathyforall.co.uk and www.changeyourpain.co.uk. As always, you can keep up with what I'm up to at Moody Girl Official. You've been listening to the Moody Girl Podcast. Until next time.